Come on, we're gonna take this opportunity to pray and just ask God to speak to us. Uh, but first, let's pray for our moms. But let's stand surrendered. Jesus, we lift up all of our moms. Um, I thank you for my mom, who really um, showed such sacrificial love. And uh, when I heard about your love, I could understand it more fully. So I just thank you for every mom who's just so generous, who really is leading the way um, in how to love. We, I pray a blessing over them, blessing over every mom in this place, um, that today would be something special, and that also have a phenomenal year in Jesus' name. God, I just lift up all of us right now. We pray that you would prepare us for your word. Your word is a seed that gets planted. So I pray, God, that your word would be planted in our hearts. If there's anything in our hearts that's hard, will you prepare our hearts right now so you can soften it in Jesus' name. We submit to you now. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray for protection around us and our children. We pray in this place you do every miracle you want to do. Um, I pray for anyone who's without hope in this place. I pray that you'd knock on the door of their heart so they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior. In Jesus' name, before we end, and Jesus, I pray that Liverpool would also win the league, not only the, Europe, uh, the Champions League, FA Cup, in Jesus' name. Everyone believe it said, amen. Every, just there's agreement in the house. Come on. We just, come on, we're almost there, guys. Just don't stop believing. Happy Mother's Day to all our moms. Come on, one more time. Let's just celebrate our moms. Today is the day we celebrate our moms. And after the service, for all our moms, we got cappuccinos, people who drink our coffee fall more in love with Jesus. So we decided to make it a spiritual step, you the gift, because as you drink it, you say, thank you, Jesus, for this coffee. And that's from the book of Hebrews. No, I'm joking, I no, no, like to you guys, how many? But we do pray over every coffee and, and yeah, trust that you, and, and for any young couples who drink it um, and then you're not a mom, Basically, we pray that you have triplets, like, like, anyway, like, or quadruplets. It's like Liverpool's four trophy, four children. Anyway, so, so you can buy four tops. Yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. I'm not going to touch that. But anyway, we, we're messing around. Listen, yes, we want to celebrate our moms. Um, and don't miss out tonight. Uh, we've got uh, James preaching, so it's going to be a phenomenal night. Uh, but yeah, we are excited for the season. We're in the book of 1 John, so I'm going to do week two. And, and don't miss next week, uh, Graham's going to be here, our founding pastor, who will be preaching into the, the, well, the next topic from 1 John. So I promise you, you're going to be blessed. Graham's just been pumped about this. Graham's actually, uh, we all write, uh, we all look at our series, then we put it on someone's plate to go and do some research. And Graham's been the one who's been spearheading uh, 1 John. John, so you don't want to miss next week. And just to let you know, Camps Bay is just doing so well. Um, and, and I say this not to go, oh, look at us, but also say this to make you aware um, of the need. But 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 there aren't many churches in Camps Bay. Um, and many churches have tried then and, and have moved out of the community, maybe because of the price of renting a property. Listen, by God's grace, we've got, we're in a school and they're blessing us. They've been such a blessing to us. But last week, like, there's only other one other church that's sort of similar to us, but we would have been, after six months, the biggest church of that kind in the community. And, and the, the reason I say that is it's not big, but to remind you why it's so important that we're there, okay? Because that community needs more churches. So we're praying that what we do activates the church in the area, that all the churches start to grow, then more churches get planted and we go to Hart Bay. But yes, let's thank God for what He's doing in Camps Bay, I know. But... 
We're excited. Every week, there's more people joining from Camps Bay, from Hout Bay, from Lindudno, from Fresne, from so so all around that area. People now for the first time. We're getting majority of that church is just now first time guests who've only joined us the last few months. So it's incredible to be part of that. And then yes, Malpus is also doing really well. And listen, we've seen worship just growing across all three. So I want to encourage you if you want to be part of our worship nights. We're having this at, at quarter to seven. We're having worship workshops this Wednesday. So if you play an instrument or your vocalist, come this Wednesday. Um, and really, just it's a perfect one to join. So if you've never done join the worship team, this, this Wednesday will be the perfect time to join. And to let you know that we now in May are having our first Friday night youth uh, event in Atlantis. And then we've already are doing our, so that's our next step. And then we also got, um, our, we've already got few groups in Atlantis. So, so now we're doing a leaders training within the next month as well. We're doing our first leaders night there. And then as we grow, we say, God, as we grow, then at a point, we're gonna start another church out there. So that's the next step, just to give you guys feedback. And, and I just wanna honor you guys, because this is the church that's been sowing out. So that would be, as we step into Lancers, that would be the eighth church that's come out of this church. Okay, and that's because, so I just wanna honor you guys for building God's kingdom. And then um, even, I know I'm just sharing with you guys, but this week, Matt went up to Bridge Church because they are planting just next to Mossel Bay. So we went up there, I did a video training, and then Matt went up there to train train them as well as they, it's Justin goes out there, um, gets sent from Pastor Trevor and Nikki. But, so you guys are part of that as well, okay? And then next week, not this not this coming week, the week after that, we are hosting an event for pastors uh, across denominations here to train pastors again. But that's what you guys are doing. So I need you to be aware, you guys are actually building God's kingdom in Cape Town and South Africa, so I honor you guys. And yeah, I just appreciate that you guys would link hands and we can do this. But 1 John 5, 2 to 3 says, this is how we know that we love the, we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. Of course, we see the greatest command is to love God. And of course, we to love our neighbor as self. And if you love God, I promise you, you're gonna end up loving your neighbor. And, and then it says, and you fulfill all the commands. So if we love God, we love our neighbor. So, so John says to us, this is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands. So it's quite a crazy verse because you can approach that and all you see is keep His commands. And that statement can be burdensome. And then it goes on to say, and His commands are not burdensome. So how the heck are they not burdensome? But when you read it, they can feel burdensome. Anyone feel the burden where you go, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Flip, I'm really struggling. I don't always get this right. Then He says it's not burdensome. So today I hopefully can help you to live in a way that this is not burdensome. And then it goes to say, whoever has a son has life. This is verse 12 of the same chapter. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And the reason I put the scripture here is that scripture gives you a key to live in a way that, that co the commands of God are not burdensome. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. And so what that scripture says, it's relationship, relationship, relationship. Without the son, it's religion, religion, religion. But with the Son, it's relationship, relationship, relationship. And hopefully I can help you on this journey. 1 John 4, 1 John 1 verse 4, um, John writes us right in the front end and we, and we hear that, that he's telling us about Jesus. He says you should walk in the light. He shows us how to love. And then he also gives us the assurance of salvation. And my heading for today is the way we love. The way we love. If you're taking notes, it's the way we love. 
Um, study shows that 98% of people who take notes get to heaven. I'm joking, anyway. Um, but it's always better if you take notes. But, but John says this, we write this to make our joy complete. So, so he's writing and telling you, writing this book to make his joy complete. And as he writes this, as you study this book, you see that's a great joy in living out the steps that John actually speaks to us about. I found, I came to this church, I was invited by friends, and um, I came from a traditional background. I got confirmed when I was 16. My parents said, you can now do what you want. First thing my sister and I did, she was a bit older, said, we don't wanna go to church anymore. I know you guys think she has a dodgy. But at that point, it was very religious for us. We had not met Jesus. There was no relationship, and I never had a revelation that Jesus died on the cross for me. But there was still something inside of me that I wanted to live for Jesus. I get invited to this church, and for the first time, I hear that Jesus died on the cross for me. It's like I have found what I've been looking for. Deep down in my heart, I've always been looking for Jesus. Then as I hear this, and I want to, I promise you, I wanted to. I didn't feel like I had to. I wanted to give my life to Jesus. But then I thought of all the ways that I would get it wrong. That, that my life was messed up. And I thought of all the things that I'm struggling with. And I thought, if I could just get them sorted, then I could come to God. So what's crazy is I'd be in the most awesome environments, loving church, and then I'd walk away very disappointed. I used to live at 197 Athens Road, so I'd just walk across the field. Uh, from when I came to church 17, I didn't miss a Sunday. I ended up giving my life only the month before I turned 19, February 1997. Came in 95, gave my life in 97. See, I was trying to approach God in the wrong way. But every time I took that approach, I actually never experienced the joy that John's speaking about. I found since then when I gave my life to God and when I quickly stepped out in obedience, the joy that came with that obedience was the best thing ever. See, even if you are disobedient and you maybe get to keep your time that God asked you to give, your talent that maybe God asked you to bring, or your treasure that God asked you to bring, even if you keep it, you don't get joy with it. And, and there's this awesome thing that happens in a place of obedience where the joy of the Lord touches your life. And of course, the scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, even in my disappointment, I not only um, responded in my strength, which was my weakness, it's like I couldn't access God's strength. But when I became obedient, I started to really experience the joy of God. What have I learned from then is as soon as I've heard God by His grace, not always done it, but, but one or two, when I've heard God say something to me, I want to do it immediately. Because I knew that there were things that could get in the way. My flesh, my mindset, I could calculate things. That's not, it will never work out if I give that to God. So now me, my, my wife and I, even when we in COVID had a burden to plant churches and then we needed resource to do it, uh, I, I said to Leanne, listen, if we do it, we're gonna find a way. And I'd already thought God pointed out something we could do. And she said the same thing. Well, we'd have to do that. I said, I was thinking the same thing. I said, you, should we do it? Yes, immediately, boom, did it. Because I promise you the next day I would not have done it. Because <laughs> I already done all the calculations. But the crazy thing is if I'd done the calculations, I would not experience the joy I was experienced in Jesus when I'd, when I'd been obedient. So John's saying, 
This is love to keep his commands. But here's another thing he says in 1 John 4 verse 19. We love because he first loved us. And I'll let you know the life that God's calling you to is in relationship with Jesus and it comes from the love that He gives you. He's not calling you to something that He won't actually help you with. His vision, His provision. He'll provide everything you need. He's not calling you to a burdensome lifestyle. Living for God is the best thing you can ever do, not the thing that ends up draining you. And maybe it is draining you. I'll let you know that you might be approaching God in the wrong way. John 5, 39 to 40 says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. So he's speaking to religious leaders. You study them because you think that as you study them, you'll have eternal life. These are the very scriptures, um, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. Jesus is talking to these guys. He says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. He's speaking to a religious spirit who says, if I study more, I will have eternal life. Jesus says, the Scriptures teach you that I am the way, the truth, the life, yet you don't come to me so I can give you life. You're trying to do more to get to me when I'm saying the only way is through me. Relationship, relationship, relationship. They were approaching God. They were keep trying to, they were, they were trying to get God's approval. They thought that sticking to the rules, they would get to God. But Jesus was pointing to relationships. How you and I view God determines how we approach God. So of course I came from a religious experience. So I approach God trying to get to Him, trying to get my life right, trying to sort myself out. And I thought if I just get right, I can get to God. I don't know if that's how you're doing it. Maybe you're sitting at church and says, I'm at least I'm here on Sunday. If you see how many people aren't at church today, you drive out here, check these O's, bro. I was at church today. They must all be Man United supporters. <laughs> One thing you never see in heaven is a red devil. I have to always throw that in anyway. I'm just trying to preach the gospel here. You never walk alone. But... I don't know how you're trying to approach. You, you're actually sitting here, you're going, you know, I've, I've sat here enough, I'm, I've done it, and I, I did my quiet time. And those things are good because in the house there's, there's something phenomenal that happens corporately and you need to get into the Word. But you need to find out the right approach to God. So even as I studied this, I thought, you know, I could put such a burden on you guys today with the Scriptures I'm gonna teach you. Or I can help you and I can make it, take the burden off you. And you know what, what we do in this church, we do freedom view groups and freedom is then and some of the notes I've taken is from our freedom view groups today but I think this is a topic that I'm sure we should preach every twice a year church or more but you should tell yourself every morning this message I'm about to tell you is something that you need to have in front of you every morning. I don't know how, where you want to put it on your car, if you want to put it, um, you know what I mean, uh, where you brush your teeth, but you and I need to keep this in front of us. But right in the beginning, we see two approaches. Genesis 2, 8 and 9, and I haven't put these scriptures on the screen, but here they go. I'm going to tell you about it, so listen in. Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there He put the man you had formed. Of course, this is Adam. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, so the Garden of Eden, there were, there, there were the tree of life. So there's two trees that gets pointed out here. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
So we see two trees. You guys get that? In the middle of the Garden of Eden, it goes to say Genesis 2, 16 to 17, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not from, eat from the tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will surely die. So we see here that there's a tree of life, and then there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat from that, you'll surely die. Very interesting in the front end, Jesus pointed out that scripture. He says, you think if you study the scriptures more, you'll get eternal life in your ability, in your knowledge. Look what I've done for you, God. Look how much I know. But of course, the scripture says knowledge puffs up. And it's in your knowledge, what you know from the outside in, a lot of people think they'll get to God. But God's trying to say, it's not about your knowledge, it's about what's transforming in your heart. Because previously, the, the law was written on tablets and you used to read them. But in the New Testament, God says He writes the law on your hearts. You're transformed by them. And a lot of people are approaching God by what they know instead of approaching God because they know His Son, Jesus. And He's coming to their life and He's written the law on their hearts. So, so there are two approaches. How we go about it and how we approach God is critical to the process, to living out our faith. You and I have a choice every day. And that's why I say this is a message you need to tell yourself every day. Every day, you and I have a choice in how we approach God. Do you choose life or are you doing it out of just information? You, you know what you should do, but you don't really want to do it. There's a lot of things we know we should do, but we haven't trans been transformed and, and then we actually want to. And that's where you see yourself. Sometimes our Christian walk is, I have to. But God's calling us to live a faith where it overflows and we want to. And He can do that in your life. So Satan will always tempt us to go the wrong way. And the crazy thing is he, he doesn't always even tempt us with bad things. He'll actually even tempt us. And like he tempted Eve, and the serpent said to the woman in Genesis 3, he says this to Eve, for God knows that when you eat of it, of course, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. So Satan tempts and says, you know, I know you wanna be like God. Anyone else here wanna, and not be God, I'm saying be more like Jesus? So Satan will tempt you, say, you know what, if you, if you just do these things, if you, then you'll be good enough for God. Yeah. And he tempts you. So even in your religiousness, he'll tempt you. But the crazy thing is if you approach God through works, something's about to die. You might find your children grow up in a house which just works, 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 and then their faith dies. They don't want the God you have. It's a burden. And now you put on your kids. You guys must say, you better get to church. You better read your Bible because then God will love you. But if you don't, oh, you went to church today. I don't know if Jesus loves you. <laughs> now you just brought death into your family. Crazy, if your marriage stays in a place where the only way that you keep your marriage together is by the things you know rather than the, the way you feel about your spouse. <laughs> You're in trouble. Because <laughs> then it's just a bunch of rules. So the key thing is what's happening in your heart. So yeah, we, we look at the approach and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this is the approach. It says, do more to get to God. So, so, so if you just do more, you can get to God. This is a performance mindset. 
And if you do more, you're gonna get closer to the King of Kings. The tree of life says, you and I need to receive the fact that Jesus has done it. He's paid the price of your sin. So, so the, the, the other side says do, the tree of life says done, paid for, signed, sealed, delivered, proven, He loves you. Scripture says there's nothing that can separate you from His love. The tree of knowledge of good and evil says keep trying to get God's approval. This mindset says that, that God actually doesn't really like you. And He's really putting up with you. And maybe if you just keep trying a bit harder, He'll like you. Right now, He doesn't fully love you. But the tree of life says, receive the fact that He already loves you. There's nothing that can separate you from His love. He's proven it. He chose you. He loves you at your worst and He loves you at your best. He doesn't love you for what you do and He doesn't like what we do, our sin, but He does love us. Let that sink in every day when you wake up, even at your worst, Jesus still loves me the same. And you need to wake up and write that down. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible, the crazy thing is we don't believe that. We all know it. We don't believe that. We don't actually think Jesus loves us. We think if I do these things, Jesus loves me. That's why it's dangerous when we start marching through the streets telling people what, why Jesus doesn't love them. <laughs> you did this, that's Jesus doesn't love you, you better stop it. I agree, Jesus doesn't have the sin, but he still loves them. So you, you, we need to be very clear as a church. What are you for? What are you against? Let's major on what we're for. We're for lifting Jesus up. Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You need to write that down. You need to put it by a steering wheel or you need to put it in your, your diary or you need to screenshot it. But, but you need to wake up every day. When I was at my worst, He died for me. He loves me. He can love me at my worst and my best. Thank you, Jesus. You are awesome. See, the tree of knowledge of good and evil says obey out of duty. So some of you guys are maybe here at church today because you feel that it's the right thing to do. <laughs> it's your duty. You might be approaching God from the wrong direction. The direction the enemy wants you to approach God. The tree of life says, life says obey out of delight. So one's duty, one's delight. When you get to know God, it's a privilege to be in His presence. It's a privilege to serve Him. It's a privilege to wake up every morning knowing that He's your Savior. And you and I, what we need to do is sometimes we need to write out what Jesus has done for us and where we would be without God. You just need to write it down sometimes. Awaken, remind yourself how, how awesome you're, about how awesome your Savior is. So, so these, these are tree of life thoughts and, and statements I just said, it's a privilege to serve God. Um, I can't believe I get to do this. It's a privilege to be part of His family. Not by what I've done or by what He's done. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 1 John 5, 3 to 12, 
gives us another guideline. It says, in fact, this, this is love for God. Keep His commands, and these commands are not burdensome. I've mentioned that scripture, but I, I mentioned this as a guideline in verse 12. Whoever has, that's the key word there, has the Son, has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Your relation with God is connected to Jesus. It's not by how much Bible you know or how many times you attended church or if you grew up in a family that went to church. Your relation with God and the life you're looking for is found in the Son. It's found in a relationship with Jesus. It's not found in religion. It's not found in rules. It's a person. His name is Jesus. He is salvation. He is life. He is, um, he is healing. He is peace. And once you get Him, you get all of those things. Of course, like I pointed out, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. It's quite a hectic scripture. So, so this is the first thing, even as I put that scripture out there, number one, this is what I encourage you to do today, fall in love with Jesus. If you want to live out your walk with God and enjoy it, fall in love with Jesus. Get to know who Jesus really is, how much He loves you. Let that be your focus. I promise you, if you do this for the rest of your life, you will experience the joy that John speaks about. Fall in love with Jesus. See, in the statement, John 14 verse 15 says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. There are two trees in that statement. If you're going from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll read it like this. If you love me, you'll do what I told you to do. Don't tell me you love me and you haven't been doing those things. That's how you'll read it. How do you read it? Have you been reading it like that? Because that is what Satan wants you to read and then try to get to God. But there's a comma that separates the two trees. If you look at this, the scripture, you keep it up, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, if you fall in love with me, if you spend time with me, you'll obey my commands. It says, do not commit adultery. It's written on the stones about our marriages. But when our marriages get to a place where we have to obey an external law because of a lack of an internal love, we're in a dangerous place. But I'm not washing away the law. Jesus has come to fulfill the law. So that's why He writes the law in our hearts in the New Testament. It used to be written on so now it's in eternal if you want to see your marriage flourish, don't follow the rules. Fall more in love with your spouse. If you are following the rules of marriage and the law, it's gonna be a burden. And your children will grow up in a home that's burdensome. And then you'll say, hey, yeah, one day you could be married like me. <laughs> Get away from me, Satan. <laughs> I do not want your pathway. 
with Jesus, we need to fall in love with Him. Go on a walk, go for a walk on the beach, worship, talk to Him, write down where you'd be without Him. I am blown away that He loves me, paid for my sin. I do not deserve it. I feel terrible sometimes when I have to come back to Him and then I want to enter from the wrong pathway. God, I'll get this, I'll do. Then I have to remember, no, no, no. He's already accepted me. It's already been done. I love you, Jesus. I can't believe you did this for me. I would be nowhere without you. The fact that I get to spend eternity and then be your son and then serve in your house, it's a privilege. The fact that I get to live in a country where we get to worship you, I'm gonna be in your house. I worship you, God. I love you, Jesus. Are you falling in love? If you can fulfill the, you can fulfill the commands of the Bible better by falling in love with God rather than trying to obey everything. We need to get our focus right. You might be going, you know, my marriage is in trouble. There's stuff I'm doing I shouldn't be doing. I'm gonna give you some basic advice. Fall more in love with your spouse. Oh, but shouldn't I stop doing those things? No, focus on loving your spouse. You won't have time for those things. A lot of us think that our next breakthrough is in stopping what our flesh is pulling us to. And I encourage you to walk away from those things, but the key is to start to focus on Jesus. Fall more in love with Jesus, you will walk away from those things. You will close the door on those things. So if you've just trying to be, if you're trying to just stop something, you are doing it the hard way. It's burdensome. We need Jesus. We need to fall in love with Him. Number two, serve God through relationship. Relationships, not rules. Serve God through relationships, not rules. The Old Testament was purely rules, nothing internal. The New Testament's a different approach. Old Testament, the law was written on tablets. New Testament, the law is written on your heart. And it's a I want to, not a I have to, I get to. Thank you, Jesus. And by the grace, He does a transformational work. Matthew 5 verse 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or, or the prophets. I've, come, I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In Christ, we can have a relationship with God and the law can be fulfilled. Number three, respond to all sin with life. In the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you'll feel condemned. What's condemnation? Condemnation says you've messed up, you're worthless. But in the tree of life, you'll feel convicted. Conviction says you messed up, but here's a way out. How do you know you're living in the tree of life in this area? The test in this area is when somebody wrongs you or does bad to you, how do you treat them? You condemn them or you convict? How know that's wrong? I'll challenge you, but there's a way out. And God did it for me and I don't wanna bring you, I wanna say I love you and but how do you feel or what prayers are you pray? When somebody hurts you, do you condemn them? Damn them, I always knew. Those guys were always, I, I told you they were like that. I've never liked them. <laughs> Where are you at? Are you living in the conviction or condemnation? Romans 8 verse one, therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Of course, we see the woman caught in adultery. The, the religious leaders bring him before Christ and, and they're trying to test him. Is he gonna fulfill the law? Because if he fulfills the law, she has to be stoned. 
But if he stones her, yes, he fulfills the law, but he has a woman killed. He agrees with the killing of a woman. We've got him now. Jesus says, cool, let's fulfill the law. First one without sin, you can cast the first stone. They're like, you got me there. <laughs> and then everyone leaves. And he says, where's your accusers? She says, they're not here. He says, neither do I accuse you. But he then he declares, now leave your life of sin. He calls her daughter, I don't accuse you. He has conviction, but now you leave. I encourage you to get up and I want to encourage you to approach sin. I've got my head in here. Respond to all sin with life. The way Jesus, yes, leave it now, but get up and walk. There's a new day. God's with you. He loves you. Lastly, it's the most important. I'm going to ask you to do this every day. Guard your heart from going back. Going back to this pathway where you're trying to get to God. Do the works, be religious. Guard your heart from trying to get to God. You've already been accepted by God. He loves you. You're His child. Come to His throne room boldly. Run to Him. Run back into the light. Like I said in the first week with 1 John, run back into fellowship. Confess your sins to God. He loves you. He's faithful to forgive you of your sins. Even when you feel faithless, He's faithful. He's a good Father. 1 John writes, He's, he's highlighting the strength of God. He's highlighting the grace of God. He's highlighting the goodness of God. His focus is if you love me, fall in love with God, you'll obey my commands. Guard your heart. You need to ask yourself every day, am I living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or am I living in the tree of life? From that. So, so my question to you is, and we'd all be asking, what am I going to do to, to be godly? What are we gonna do to be godly? to actually fall more in love with God. And then with a joy, live out His commands. You and I have to make a choice all the time. That's how we're gonna do it. Every day we're gonna make a choice to live in the tree of life, to remind ourselves that Jesus loves us. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm a child of God. I'm the head and not the tail. God's got plans to prosper me. He's good to me. I don't deserve this. I can't believe I have a father like this. I love you, God. I love you. We're gonna to choose to love Him. We're gonna to choose to accept His forgiveness. We're gonna to choose to approach Him by what He's done and not what we do, by what we do. We're gonna choose to finish work. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, This day I call the heavens and the, and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. And I love this last part. So that you and your children may live. Moms and dads and, and parents, Mother's Day, choose life. I don't know what you, you take your, your children on a journey that of knowledge, you know what I mean, of, of works. No, no, choose life. Choose the relationship with God. Choose love for God. Give that to your children. Let them ha have eternal life. Don't let them have the works. The works lead to death. They're burdensome. And, and of course, I'm calling you love God because then you get to serve Him. You get to be His child. You get to be part of His family. You have an option. You and I have a choice. Maybe you haven't made that choice. Maybe you used to always come to God with that burden, with religion, but you've never just accepted what He's done for you. Scripture says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Scripture says those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe you need to make that choice to receive His forgiveness. Come to Him now. Say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. I receive your forgiveness. I can't earn it. I can't 
try to get to it, I can only receive it. And maybe you've never received it like that. And today you need to come to Jesus and say, I receive your forgiveness. And I thank you that I'm your child. With every eye closed, if that's you, I wanna give you an opportunity to receive Jesus, receive His forgiveness. You can't earn it, but you can receive it right now. Maybe you've been approaching God in the wrong way and today's a fresh day or for the first time you're coming back to God. With every eye closed, I respect. If you want, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And if you want me to lead you in a prayer, just give me a wave. So that's me. I'll count to three. Just pop your hand up. Say, I need to come back to God. You've spoken to me, Andre. I feel God speaking to me as you spoke. And I need to come back to God today. One, two, three. If that's you, pop your hand up. Say, Andre, that's me. I need to, I need to receive Jesus. Just give me a wave. Awesome. God bless you. Anyone else? Just say, Andre, I need to come back to God. God bless you. Anyone else? Just give me, just say, lead me in that prayer. Just pop your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Let's pray together as a church family. If you know you need to pray, I encourage you to pray in a genuine way. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for loving me. I'm blown away that you do, that you do this for me. Today, I confess that you're the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I just give Jesus praise in this place? Can I ask everyone to grab this card? It's in the seat cover in front of you in the front row, it's under your chair. But can I ask, we do this, this is a simple way we get to serve you. If you can grab this card, there's also a prayer card in the chair in front of you. And if you could quickly take this, first thing we wanna serve you with is fill out this card if you have a prayer request. You don't even have to put your name on it, but if you have a prayer request, you want us to pray, don't wake up Monday wondering what's gonna happen. Wake up knowing we're praying for you. Our prayer team and our staff are gonna pray for you. So write your request out and you might be writing a request out for a friend who needs healing or something write that out or even if somebody you want to invite to church write their name down and we'll pray for them with you then if you prayed that prayer and you didn't put your hand up we'd love to help you take your next step it's called following Jesus it's a course you can do on your phone in in your in your home or on your device and you can just tick there um, uh, first time commitment or recommitment so you can tick that if you want to find out more about following Jesus or even let us celebrate with you that you made that decision then if you're a first time guest you would like to know more tick that or if you'd like to find out about view group growth track child dedications or baptism or anything else you need fill that out now uh, remember if you want us to get hold of you write out your, your details clearly email address or phone number so we can actually help you and then after the service as you fill this out there'll be buckets as you walk out the doors you can throw this into we've got free cappuccinos for all moms we've got a next steps area as you walk out if you want any information and then we've got a photo booth for all moms take your photos as a family God bless you guys enjoy the rest of the Mother's Day cheers